Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. On Twitter, at Coach Jan Shaw. On True Social, Success Alchemist. And on Telegram, US, UK, Patriot. Today is the 17th of June, 2023. And the title of Today's show is Deep State Corporation Bankrupt, Trump Indictment Latest, Wannabe Dictator Biden. And so today I'm going to start again with uh, Benjamin Fulford's weekly report just to get um, an interesting take on the global situation. And then I'm going to dive into the latest on what's happened or the the opinion pieces on Trump's indictment, which, of course, happened last week. And so I'm then going to do a comparison in terms of how this is being handled in the media and by the two sides versus all the information that's coming out about the Biden corruption this uh, bribery claim that seems to hold water, which is no surprise to us who've really been aware of this for years. And then I'll finish off with this hilarious take by Tucker Carlson in his fourth Twitter um, broadcast. It really hits the nail on the head. So as I say, I'm going to start off with Ben Fulford, and the title of this is The U.S. Corporation Did Go Bankrupt. What we are watching now is corporate BS. The U.S. Corporation really did go bankrupt earlier this month, and what we've been watching on our so-called news is corporate theatrical performances. The evidence for this is clear. The first thing to notice is that Washington, D.C. remains a ghost town. As this news item confirms, U.S. government workers, quote, are choosing to stay home, perhaps for good, leaving vast federal offices empty and the city struggling, end quote. Of course, Nancy Drew and Richard Citizen Journalist, I think it is, they've been reporting, oh, for the last few years, well, since Biden's installation, on how D.C. is a ghost town. So it's interesting that Ben Fulford should confirm that. The corporate excuse is that they are teleworking. The next bit of evidence is a photograph sent to us by P3 Freemasons showing the Rockefeller-owned UN headquarters building in New York apparently shuttered. We are asking readers in New York to personally confirm if this is true. And there's a screenshot of a Matthew Irvin post. I'm not sure which platform it is. What is going on at the UN? I'm hearing it's been shut down. Diplomats arrested, apparently. 
and it shows the building with no flags flying whatsoever. Yet another proof is that US ports have shut down and trade is collapsing. The shutdown of ports like Seattle is being blamed on labour disputes, but that does not explain the collapse in demand for cardboard boxes and mainstay of trade. Asian secret society sources explain the attempt to use Taiwanese and Thai royal gold to keep the US corporation going has been stopped. That is why exports to the US have been stopped. They say they will restart trade if Donald Trump is made public president again. This has been promised before July 4th, but don't believe it until you see it. We've heard this story before, so let us see if it really happens this time. For more evidence that we all are watching is corporate theatre, take a look at the background of the so-called White House being shown on Fox TV. With that said, let us look at some of the latest corporate theatre. The big story is a complete bullshit tale of of US President Donald Trump being indicted for keeping government documents at his home. As many people know, Trump was indicted over something that is not illegal. See below for an example. And it shows a truth from Donald Trump. No one has told me I'm being indicted and I shouldn't be because I've done nothing wrong. But I have assumed for years that I am a target of the weaponized DOJ and FBI, starting with the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, the no collusion Mueller report, impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, the perfect Ukraine phone call, and various other scams and witch hunts, a travesty of justice and election interference at a level never seen before. Republicans in Congress must make this their number one issue. The Trump indictment is clearly part of a sophisticated campaign by his Rothschild Harriman backers to take down the Rockefeller Joe Biden avatar. By creating a legal precedent with Trump, they can now go after Biden. That is why corporate media widely reported congressional hearings about how Biden accepted, quote, $5 million in bribes, end quote, simultaneously with the Trump indictment. As Representative Paulina Luna notes, just left the meeting for House oversight. The FBI is afraid their informant will be killed if unmasked based on the info he has brought forward about the Biden family. Uh, DC Drano on Twitter says, Breaking FBI concern their informant on Biden bribery corruption will be killed if name made public. The FBI is not only confirming the bribery evidence is real, but that the Biden crime family may murder people trying to expose them. We live in a third world dictatorship. And that was actually in response to Anna Paulina Luna's tweet. So who exactly does the FBI fear will be doing the killing? And why can't they defend a high-profile informant? Whatever happened to witness protection? Maybe Jen Psaki Rockefeller should have asked former FBI head James Comey this instead of talking about fear of Trump retribution. Nonetheless, in a sign the U.S. military is finally getting its act together and recognizing Trump as commander-in-chief, U.S. Armed Forces Radio, which until now has been 100% pro-Biden propaganda, is now reporting the Biden bribery story. We also notice that 
Trump now has military and not secret service protection. Regardless of the theatrics, it's clear both the Biden and the Trump factions are circling the drain of bankruptcy. We talked to the creator of the quantum financial system who explained, quote, an awful lot of people owe an awful lot of money and they want to kick the can down the road. The yield on the sovereign bonds is artificial. The T-bills don't have any value. They are money laundering. Everyone goes to the 18th floor at BIS headquarters in Baal to get their fake money. The cartel is the Rothschild family. This entire geopolitical landscape is all families refusing to give up their territory, end quote. The source notes the carefully calibrated biological warfare by the Rockefellers is actually a sign they are losing their grip and they know they are losing their grip. The Rothschilds, the head of the Jesuits and others, have now surrendered, he says. The end of the KM was the use of central banking and charging interest for money. The IT that I developed does not charge interest. They are beating a retreat. They have lost. The removal of usury has been steadily draining their swamp. In a sign the FRB is still trying to pretend their money is real, they used fraud to turn a recent $28.4 billion of deposit outflows, NSA, into $102.5 billion of deposit inflows. And that's the Federal Reserve Bank, of course. However, the fact that they can still launder fake money like this is why we are all sick of hearing talk about draining the swamp, or more accurately, sewer. We confronted the head of MI6 about this. Here was the answer. The only viable way to install an alternative is to remove or reject those in the shadow of the US corporation who sustain it simply as a front or laundromat for their own criminal enterprises. This requires a massive forensic exercise first to define the theatre of war. Thereafter, it would be a matter for military intelligence and armed forces because the problem is actually high for monarchy treason. While we are all justified in being sceptical, there does seem to be a new round of heads being chopped, prominent people going into hiding and public confessions of guilt. Last week saw Mark Zuckerberg Rockefeller admit Meta, i.e. Facebook, censored information and opinion during the COVID pandemic. This means he has publicly confessed to being a war criminal and is now subject to arrest as such. The same is true of the heads of Google, etc. We also note widespread articles in the truth media appearing now about Jane Burgermeister predicting forced vaccination in 2009. We were in contact with her at the time. She had just filed a big lawsuit against Big Pharma and The Who for, among other things, sending out 72 kilograms of live bird flu virus mislabeled as a vaccine. Before she could complete it, she was killed and replaced by an identity theft fraudster. This fraudster was hunted down, but we were unable to save Miss Burgermeister. The WHO, sponsored by Bill Gates and the Rockefellers, has also been caught fraudulently sterilising millions of Kenyan women with vaccines for tetanus. This means the WHO plus Bill Gates, the Rockefellers, etc. are guilty of war crimes. We also note the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, has revoked authorization of Johnson & Johnson's COVID vaccine for causing blood clots. 
This is important because it will open the floodgates for lawsuits against the vaccine manufacturers. We also expect criminal charges to follow. In the UK, former Prime Minister Boris Covid-Johnson has resigned as a Member of Parliament, opening the way for him to face criminal charges. Then we see former Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon has been arrested for misspending £600,000 of donations. Next, we notice King Charles has gone to Transylvania, the home of his ancestor Vlad the Impaler, a.k.a. Dracula, on a walking holiday without his wife. This came immediately after he was caught forging documents to keep the KM show in Ukraine in business. Another high-profile person to now officially vanish is George Soros. We know he has been gone for a long time, but now the corporate media is acknowledging his son Alex has taken over. This was just a formality. Alex has been de facto in charge for several years, Elon Musk notes. By the way, an op-ed by the fake George Soros put out just before his resignation outlines the current thinking of the Khazarian Mafia. In it, Soros says, 1. AI could destroy our civilization, so globally enforceable regulations have to be put in place by us. 2. Climate change is going to cause a collapse of all the big biomass on planet Earth, so we must rapidly remove excess greenhouse gases from the environment, and never mind that we are carbon-based life, and more carbon means more life. Three, Ukraine's valiant resistance means paper tiger Russia will disintegrate and no longer pose a threat to the world. Four, finally, he says Biden is not seeking regime change in China and all he wants is to re-establish the status quo in Taiwan. Translation, please don't take away our Taiwanese slave colony because we need to keep stealing their gold so that we can keep our fake world going. It is clear they are living in a fantasy world that is as detached from reality just as their financial system is. Another fake KM leader who seems to have disappeared is Canada's Justin Castrudeau and his sidekick Christia Freeland. He just showed up in the Ukraine where a government official said no one invited him here and we certainly don't have time for PR while trying to launch our counteroffensive. It is interesting that he showed up there just after a military tribunal in Quebec presented evidence he was guilty of war crimes. We also note that Canada was hit by over 500 simultaneous wildfires immediately after the military tribunal. Many arsonists have been arrested and presumably will eventually point the finger at their Rockefeller etc. paymasters. We also note widely reported evidence the simultaneously erupting fires appear to have been caused by directed energy weapons. Our own sources at the Canadian Security Intelligence Service confirm DWs have been used. At the same time, there is plenty of evidence that Canadian government officials tried to actively sabotage efforts to put out the fires. Here, for example, you can listen to a retired veteran firefighter explain how the government prevented him and his colleagues from helping. There was also widespread sabotage with firefighting companies reporting slashed hoses and flattened tyres. 
There have been instances where crews were delayed because of damage to their equipment, said a lieutenant who asked his name not to be used. We also note that the Algonquin, sorry, Algonquin and other First Nations staged massive rain dance ceremonies. An Apache warrior by the name of William Twofeather once explained to me these rain dances used things like coordinated foot stomps to send specific rain-causing vibrations into the atmosphere. Maybe it was a coincidence, but right after the rain dances, massive rainfall across Canada put out most of the fires. That did not put out the KMBS, though, as they flooded us with reports saying things like New York City now has the worst air quality of any city on Earth as Canadian wildfires blanket northeast states in apocalyptic haze. My brother, who lives right in the middle of the wildfire region of Quebec, says the sky right next to the fires looked like this on June 6 when the fires were at their peak, and it's all covered in a grey haze. Now he says they look like this, and there's blue skies. So how come the sky over New York is red? Ammonium nitrate, maybe? As a CIA source explains, forest fires are another deep state money laundering scheme of a different flavour. They create the fires, the government allocates tens and hundreds of millions of dollars in disaster relief, the money disappears, the politicians get their kickbacks, rinse, repeat. That would explain why the Nova Scotia government refused to hire real firefighters, even as they were issuing urgent appeal after urgent appeal for firefighting money. The other type of firefighting money they will need is to pay for the impending avalanche of legal cases related to child trafficking. It is now well known that child sex trafficking hotbeds follow CIA colour revolutions and US disaster relief. Here are recent examples. Haiti, 2010, Libya, 2011, Ukraine, 2014 to 2023. What do they have in common? Missing children and heavy involvement with the Obama State Department. Clinton, Kerry, Newland. A Mossad source comments. Mossad now admits there are 366 million videos of children being raped in U.S., that's more than one video per person that lives in this country. In a sign this is now coming out, the Wall Street Journal has given credibility to Pizzagate. It reports Instagram owned by Mark Zuckerberg Rockefeller has become a sanctuary for a large network of pedophiles who use hashtags like cheese pizza, child pornography, and MAP, minor attracted person. Trading in children is not new. Do you know it used to be legal to send children through the U.S. Postal Service? Could this have been a legal method for child trafficking pedophiles to move children around the country back in the early 1900s? And it shows an image of a U.S. postman carrying a baby boy along with his letters in the USA 1900s. Now Trump retruthed this post today, stating that Mel Gibson is about to expose all of them in a four-part series exposing child slavery. Bombshell, Mel Gibson about to expose all of them. Child trafficking receives $34 billion a year. All the airlines combined earn $22 billion. 
Mel will release four-part series exposing child sex slavery. He will be attacked and vilified. The World Centre for Child Slavery is now Ukraine. The Ukrainian government has lost around 5,000 soldiers and 100 tanks since their long-advertised offensive started last week. Again, remember, this is not really a war because what we're dealing with is private corporations buying used military equipment and hiring mercenaries. The important point is they have no air defences and tanks are sitting ducks without air defences. Another thing to note is the Ukrainians are led by war criminals. A prisoner of war captured by Russian fighters in the Zaporizhia region says that the Ukrainian army was conducting demining operations by sending untrained young soldiers forward into the minefields in civilian vehicles, according to Polish intelligence. They are also killing journalists to try to prevent news of their atrocities from coming out. The Italian journalist Andrea Lucidi posted the following on her Telegram channel. A few days ago, I was added to the kill list of the Ukrainian security services, Mirovoritz. As an Italian, I can't help but remember that Andrea Rochelli was also included on this list, killed by the Kiev army in 2014 whose photo is still present in this database with the words liquidated on it. The Ukrainians were also forced to blow up the Kakovka Dam in southern Ukraine to try to stop a Russian move to retake Odessa, Russian FSB sources say. Things are going to get even worse. Chinese President Xi Jinping recently said, stop blaming China. China is not helping Russia but if it decides to help, not even God will save you. Now, for the first time, images of Chinese military equipment supplied to Russian troops have emerged. For example, General Kadyrov demonstrated Chinese-made armoured vehicles in service with the local Rosgvardia departments. The Russians feel God is on their side. That is why Vladimir Putin recently said... Demons have taken over the West and are trying to kill everything spiritual on this planet. I know that I will succeed because I have God's strength and support. The KM in Israel appears to be coming clean on this sort of thing because they realise unless they make peace with God, they will not be able to flee to their planned Khazaria in the Ukraine or anywhere else. Iran now has nuclear weapons, hypersonic missiles and an alliance with all the other Muslim countries. As the Mossad link site Debka notes, Iran has swiftly followed up on its thaw with Saudi Arabia by offering to help the oil kingdom develop a nuclear program. Beijing, which brokered the reconciliation, is again stepping forward with backing. So Israel now has no choice but to make peace. They are also hoping peace will allow them to rebuild their temple. Israeli lawmaker Amit Halevi has proposed giving Muslims control of the southern end of the Temple Mount complex, which contains the Al-Aqsa Mosque, while Jews would receive the central and northern areas where they could build their temple. The KM, of course, is not planning to go quietly into the night. Our sources in the secret space program say they are on schedule to carry out some sort of massive UFO and alien events in August. Certainly, the corporate news has been flooded recently with UFO-type stories.
For example, Pentagon UFO whistleblower David Grush was widely reported as saying UFO reverse engineering projects should be made public. Then we have TV news reports of 10-foot-tall aliens landing in a backyard. Also, the Daily Mail chimed in with a story about a crashed UFO recovered by the US military that distorted space-time. Apparently, they had a guy go into it and it was the size of a football stadium, while the outside was only about 30 feet in diameter. Sounds a bit like the TARDIS in Doctor Who. There is also a flurry of announcements by the US Space Force, such as this one about satellites to counter cosmic and other threats, specifically to target Russian and Chinese threats. And then he goes on to showing videos of the latest UFO sightings, or UAP as they're now called. I'm just going to divert at this point because <clears throat> there's a report from Forbidden Knowledge TV that's literally just dropped into my inbox, and it's a very interesting recap of what has happened this week. Um, some in greater detail than others, but at least it'll give an overall um, kind of summary of all the things that have happened this week, of which you know there's too many to go into depth on. The title of the article is Alice in Wonderland Torture Technique. In Donald Trump's remarks at Bedminster, New Jersey, following his arraignment in Miami on Tuesday, he addressed the 800-pound gorilla in the room and he articulated something very important to all of us. I've been waiting for over seven years for a clear statement like this from someone with influence and to get it from none other than Donald Trump was a great gift to us all because knowledge is power. As Donald Trump said and later posted to Truth, this persecution is being done by the same weaponized agencies that for seven years have been running illegal psychological warfare campaigns against the American people, much as if they were trying to destabilize a foreign country. And that's the end of the quote. We have endured the last seven years of being relentlessly strafed by psychological operations deployed by bureaucrats in our government whose salaries we pay and by their agents in the state media. These are the same people who have expertly executed colour revolutions and overthrown governments worldwide and now they're doing it here to us, to you, with the tax they take from the sweat of your brow and they're not stopping. Their primary weapons are informational, cyber, algorithmic and psychological. While they've been doing this to us, similar fifth-generation warfare models have been deployed in most other countries around the world. We are in a global, covert world war using fifth-generational warfare tactics. These Trotsky agents of the planetary banking cartel scream about the rules-based order and about our democracy, but in reality they are criminal thugs who hate free elections and who seek to impoverish, to enslave and to kill us. The most challenging part of this is getting your head around it and achieving situational awareness, especially because very often the enemy is not just domestic, but it just parked itself inside your head. 
or inside the heads of your loved ones with false assumptions and beliefs stemming from the unceasing propaganda and mass mind control such that perhaps you, your friends and family have already been conquered by the enemy and are acting on behalf of the enemy without even knowing it. In order to win this war, we need to understand the enemy, the theatre and the arsenal. The administrative state of federal employees, these careers in the bureaucracy, especially in the State Department, these are your enemies. They are overthrowing the United States as if it were Iran, Congo, Guatemala, Vietnam, Brazil, Chile, Iraq, Syria or Ukraine. It's great that Michael Flynn released his book about fifth generation warfare because the more we are able to identify and name what's being done to us while it's happening, the less power these information operations will have. We need to understand that the military-grade orchestrated gaslighting and psychological operations to which we are being subjected by our demonic bureaucrats at the DOD, FBI, HHS, CDC, FDA, DOJ, FBI, DHS and CISA and behind the January 6th committee in concert with the fake news media are a scaled-up version of a torture technique developed for interrogations described in a manual published by the National Defence Intelligence College in 2006 entitled Educing Information, Interrogation, Science and Art in a chapter called Alice in Wonderland, The Power of Applied Confusion. And this is a quote from it. Alice in Wonderland, the power of applied confusion. The aim of the Alice in Wonderland or confusion technique is to confound the expectations and conditioned reactions of the interrogatee. He is accustomed to a world that makes sense, at least to him, a world of continuity and logic, a predictable world. He clings to this world to reinforce his identity and powers of resistance. The confusion technique is designed not only to obliterate the familiar, but to replace it with the weird, and as the process continues, day after day, as necessary, the subject begins to try to make sense of the situation, which becomes mentally intolerable, and he is likely to make significant admissions or even to pour out his story. That's the end of that extract. This manual cites an earlier 1963 torture manual entitled Q-Bark Counterintelligence Interrogation Manual Human Resource Exploitation Training Manual, which was based on CIA research, much of it conducted through the MKUltra program, but some of it going all the way back to the Spanish Inquisition of the 1300s. In other words, what we're being put through is literally torture. The purpose of this technique is not just to obliterate the normal, but to replace that which is normal with the mind-bogglingly bizarre, so that the person goes into a state of deep trauma that is so awful they would rather give up their secrets and return to a reality that makes sense than to continue with more of this. The unrelenting fake news, the Mueller investigation, the fake impeachment... Christine Blasey Ford, Jussie Smollett and the media crucifixion of Nick Sandman were illogical orchestrated psyops together with the transgender putsch are designed to badger everyone into agreement in order to just make it stop. 
We've understood that this was unconventional warfare, but knowing that it's called the Alice in Wonderland technique empowers you to identify it when it's happening to help you distance yourself from the fragmentation and cognitive dissonance that it is attempting to induce with this ceaseless encroachment of your boundaries. We need to understand that, for example, shoving the trans thing down our throats is not an organic thing that is springing up within the populace. It is an influence operation. It is psychological warfare. It is meant to confuse children and to destabilize our society. And while the Biden regime is doing that to American children, the Chinese communist regime is doing this to their children. And that links to another article by Forbidden Knowledge TV. And I'm just going to quote a very small section of it. Matthew Tai, a.k.a. Lao Wai 86, lived in China for over a decade and married a Chinese woman and started a family there as a successful YouTuber, making upbeat videos about how great China was. Now he reports that school children in China as young as five years old, are being trained to hate and kill Americans and to go to war with them and with the rest of the world. A big component of this indoctrination is the teaching of Han Chinese racial superiority. Chinese children are taught that they evolve separately from the rest of the human race and are superior to the rest of humanity. Their beliefs would make Hitler blush. Back to the original article... Understanding the manipulations will help you assert your cognitive boundaries and will help you to protect yourself from these incessant fifth-generation warfare attacks because it's not going to stop. We may be living like this for the rest of our lives, so we need to learn how to survive the jive and to power through. I need to counter that because this is quite a a pessimistic view of things, and I don't believe this is going to continue for very much longer, and I'll... I'll share what, it's like a summary of what Trump said in his Bedminster speech after his arraignment. The article goes on. Let's run through some of the top stories of the week, including the various oversight hearings and the analyses of the experts, starting with departing CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, testifying before the House Select Committee on the Coronavirus Pandemic, and then the reaction of Dr. Naomi Wolf. Now, I did see a short video of a a retired military person. I can't remember exactly who it was, but when Walensky walked into the hearing, he said to her, we're looking forward to hearing your testimony about the your killing of 38,000 Americans, obviously referring to the um, COVID-19 uh, vaccinations and the way that the CDC handled this so-called pandemic. And I watched some of the testimony, and to be honest, she was sitting there with a grin on her face, so smug, it was it was really appalling to watch. Anyway, back to the article, and here's FBI Director Paul Abate at the Senate Judiciary Committee stonewalling Senator Ted Cruz and getting hammered by the same. And sorry, that was Deputy Director 
Um, and here's Senator Josh Hawley yesterday accusing the DHS of facilitating the slavery of illegal migrant children. And then Alex Jones putting things in proper perspective that the DHS isn't facilitating anything. It's actively running the largest human trafficking operation in modern times. Senators Hawley and Cruz and others have performed these amazing oratories at these hearings over the past couple of years. And it's also nice that Congresswomen Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boeber and others are moving to impeach Joe Biden. But there's more than enough evidence showing that many members of the Biden regime have broken hundreds of laws that they should be arrested. But of course, who's going to do that? Our entire federal government is hard at work at destabilizing and collapsing their own country. For over two years, Darren Beatty at Revolver News and journalists at the Gateway Pundit have been trying to get the FBI to release information about the January 6th pipe bomber who was caught on video planting pipe bombs near the headquarters of both the Republican and Democrat parties on the evening of January 5th. The pipe bomber has thus far managed to evade the so-called greatest intelligence agency in the world. Spurred by whistleblower disclosure from a senior FBI official who claimed that the FBI was withholding information on the investigation, Representatives Jim Jordan, Andy Biggs and Bill Posey sent a letter to the FBI demanding an update on the case of the January 6th pipe bomber. And now former Washington FBI field office chief Steve Dantuono has admitted that the FBI could not use the phone data of one provider on January 5th, 2021, because it was, quote, corrupted. How convenient. Dantuono also admitted in the letter that the bombs were inoperable. In other words, it appears that black ops erased the digital trail left behind by the unknown federal agent who acted as the J-6 bomber. As the Gateway Pundit's Jim Hoft commented, the pipe bomber was likely just a propaganda operation used to attack Trump supporters and another assault on conservative Americans. The Holderman report on the Dominion voting machines in the state of Georgia were finally released after a corrupt Obama judge had put them under seal. The report confirms that votes can be altered in the Dominion voting machines and that the Dominion software can be hacked. But corrupt Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, of course, has no plans to do anything about this because he wants to be able to hack the voting machines. Raffensperger's brother, by the way, is a high-up executive at Huawei who lives in Shenzhen, China. In other news, J.P. Morgan Chase reached a tentative $290 million settlement with sexual abuse victims of Jeffrey Epstein. The government of the U.S. Virgin Islands is managing Epstein's estate, and it was they who brought the lawsuit against J.P. Morgan, who in turn claimed that the former First Lady of the U.S. Virgin Islands, Cecile de Jong, had assisted Jeffrey Epstein in trafficking young women and girls to the territory for an annual salary of $150,000. There are reports from Rudy Giuliani and confirmed by others that the Burisma whistleblower was both the top accountant and the wife of the former owner of Burisma, Mikola Lissin, and that she was found dead before she could testify, after Mikola himself had also passed away under mysterious circumstances. 
Earlier this week, Dr. Stephen Greer held a bombshell event at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C., in which he introduced whistleblower Eric Hecker, who had worked for a Raytheon contractor at the South Pole Station in Antarctica. And I did see a couple of videos from that, actually. One from him talking about the um, amazing technology which was being used for nefarious purposes there. And also there was another um, ex-Marine, I think, who testified about a mission that they were sent on. I think it was to Cambodia or somewhere like that, um, where they encountered a UFO in the jungle and they were um, accosted by American, not soldiers, maybe mercenaries and you know when they got back to base they were basically um silenced it was all secret and the guy said he had to sign an an nda and swear to never talk about anything to do with this so you know you've got more stuff coming out on the ufo front as it mentioned in uh in ben fulford's report so we'll have to see what develops from this so let me read you a couple of posts from telegram and um, this was from eddie i don't know who this is it was shared by uh, on another channel and this is referring to the bedminster speech again listen to trump 45 and take notice no i mean really take notice look at his messaging in his last couple of speeches The seal has been broken, election interference at the highest level. This is political persecution. We have weaponized agencies waging psychological warfare against the American people as if they were trying to destabilize a foreign country. I will obliterate the deep state and we know exactly who they are. Boom. Q told us nothing is random, everything has meaning. Well... The boss has amped up the rhetoric to yet new levels. No mincing of words. No reading between the lines. No holding back, not even a little. He is letting everyone know who the enemy is and he is coming after them. They have been identified. They have targeted and now they will be dealt with accordingly. We have reached a new precipice in this war. Trump, as always, is speaking to multiple audiences, but here the message is the same. Enough is enough. If we know it, you better ask the deep state players know it too. He is not telling them, he is warning them. The gloves are off, we are coming for you and there will be no deals. Also, the cue boards are being lit up with even more regularity. I mentioned a couple of days ago that I've never been more comfortable and more at ease in where we are and where we are headed Trump and the Patriots are in control of this operation and it's never been more apparent we're going to get the ending we've wanted and expected. Look at how 45 has been carrying himself. Listen to his words and watch his actions and his body language. Also, look at the size of his security detail. It's massive. He is insulated and protected to the fullest. I'm pretty damn sure you guys are in 100% agreement because we gravitated here together because we think alike and we have always not only known where there was a plan, but we trusted the plan every step of the way. As we have been told a lot lately, the storm isn't coming, it's already here. 
Listen to the boss he is speaking to all of us and giving us a glimpse of what's to come. Enjoy the show and what a show it is. And then there's another telegram post from newstreason.com, defund the media. And it's showing a video that was posted by Dan Scavino of just this helicopter in the sky. And they seem to be driving along a road. And presumably this is the, the cavalcade of President Trump. So the narrative says Scavino does nothing by accident. He keeps the helicopter in frame the entire time in this clip on his way from Newark Airport to Bedminster, New Jersey. He is trying to point you to something very obvious. Ex-presidents don't get helicopter escorts. In addition to this little anomaly, ex-presidents don't have an 18-car motorcade complete with an ambulance. Ex-presidents don't have dozens of state police escorts blocking and guarding every possible access point to said motorcade. Ex-presidents don't have state police close down every road, bridge, tunnel, on-ramp and highway whenever they travel somewhere. Ex-presidents don't have 30 secret service agents protecting them. They typically have two to three. Look it up. Ex-presidents don't have active military protection, as has been spotted around President Trump on numerous occasions. In conclusion, if you are still unsure who is the lawful and active commander-in-chief, I just don't know what else to tell you. I guess you'll have to be shocked with the normies when the credits roll. I'm just going back to covering now um, a good article by The Federalist, which is titled Six Reasons DOJ's Get Trump Docs Case is Seriously Flawed. And this was actually put together by Will Scarf, and it was originally on Twitter. That's where I saw it for the first time. And it was posted on June 16th, so yesterday. Proving a defendant's intent and knowledge can often be tough, but it's even tougher here because of the Presidential Records Act. I am a former assistant U.S. attorney, worked on two Supreme Court confirmations and clerked for two federal appellate judges. I have reviewed the indictment brought by Special Counsel Jack Smith in the documents case against former President Donald Trump and have serious concerns with the way this case is being framed in the public and with some aspects of the way the prosecution itself is being conducted. Here are six major issues I see that need to be addressed by the special counsel's team. One, interplay between the Espionage Act and the Presidential Records Act. Others have already spoken insightfully about the scope of the Presidential Records Act. Mike Davis of the Article 3 Project has published and spoken on the subject, and Michael Bakesha of Judicial Watch had a fascinating article in the Wall Street Journal detailing his experience litigating the Clinton sock drawer case. Basically, their argument distills down to the idea that the president's authority to retain personal records, as well as his rights to access his presidential records, make it impossible to prosecute him under the Espionage Act section at issue here, subsection 793E, because the government cannot prove unauthorised possession as required under the statute. 
I want to make a different point relating to the intent element of the Espionage Act, the statute Trump is being charged under. Section 793E requires the government to prove that the defendant knew he had national defence information, NDI, in his possession, knew there was a government official entitled to receive the information and then willfully failed to deliver it to that official. This is a very high set of mens rea bars to jump in any circumstance. Proving a defendant's intent and knowledge can often be tough, but it's even tougher here because of the Presidential Records Act. The Presidential Records Act sets up a system where the president designates all records that he creates, either as presidential or personal records. A former president is supposed to turn over his presidential records to the National Archives and Records Administration, NARA, and he has the right to keep his personal records. Based on the documents I've read and his actions I've read about, I believe Trump viewed his boxes as his personal records under the PRA. There are statements he made quoted in the indictment that support that view. If Trump considered the contents of these boxes to be of purely personal interest, hence his designation of them as personal records, did he knowingly retain NDI? By breathlessly bundying around classification levels and markings, the special counsel is trying to make this case seem much, much simpler than it is. Classification levels do not automatically make something NDI. And having classified documents in your possession is not enough to convict here. It is simply not the case that the fact that previously classified documents were found in boxes in a Mar-a-Lago bathroom means Trump is guilty. 2. Classification and National Defence Information Just because something is classified, even top secret, SCI, NOFORN, Pfizer, pick your alphabet soup, does not mean it is national defence information within the meaning of the Espionage Act. NDI, for the purposes of an Espionage Act prosecution, as defined as one of a long list of items relating to the national defence, which information the possessor had reason to believe could be used to the injury of the United States or to the advantage of any foreign nation. I'm having to summarise this because I'm short of time here. Number three, Walt Nauter and DOJ misconduct. Far and away the most troubling side story to emerge from this saga so far are the allegations made by Trump aide and co-defendant Walt Nauter's lawyer last week. Nauter's lawyer, Stanley Woodward, alleged in a court filing that during a meeting with prosecutors about his client's case, the head of the counterintelligence section of DOJ's National Security Division, Jay Bratt, suggested Woodward's judicial application for a D.C. Superior Court judgeship might be considered more favourably if he and his client cooperated against Trump. 4. Attorney-Client Privilege The indictment relies on a significant amount of information received in one form or another from one of Trump's lawyers. Ivan Corcoran, who was compelled to testify in front of the grand jury. According to news reports, the argument for breaching the privilege was the crime-fraud exception, which is worth examining in greater detail. The attorney-client privilege protects from disclosure to the government confidential communications made between clients and their attorneys. It has been around for centuries and is considered a core protection in our system of justice. 
The crime fraud exception, though, allows the attorney-client privilege to be broken in rare circumstances when two requirements are met. First, there needs to be a prima facie showing that the client was engaged in criminal conduct. Second, the client has to have obtained or sought the attorney's assistance in furthering that crime. I have not seen DOJ's filings on Corcoran, but I will be interested to know how they argued this. First of all, what was the crime they used as a predicate? Was it unlawful retention of the documents? If so, there is nothing in the indictment that I can see indicating Corcoran's communications with Trump would have furthered that in a way that would justify breaching privilege. 5. Timing. Why now? This is not a legal defect in the indictment, but it's an important point nonetheless. Why are they bringing this case now? They know Trump is a leading candidate for president. They know he is beating Biden in the polls. They must know how bad it looks for sitting president's DOJ to indict that president's primary political opponent. The fact that our law enforcement and intelligence apparatuses are being weaponized in this way against a leading presidential contender is truly a black mark on them and on our republic. Six, Jack Smith, why him? If you could pick any lawyer in the country to handle a controversial case against a former president, a case involving an aggressive, unprecedented use of the Espionage Act, a controversial law in of of itself, what lawyer would you pick? You'd probably want just a consummate professional, right? Career prosecutor with no political profile at all. White knight in shining armour who's never lost a case. Or you could pick Jack Smith. The single case Jack Smith is most publicly associated with was the prosecution of Virginia Governor Bob McDonnell. A unanimous Supreme Court smacked Smith down for an overzealous, legally defective prosecution of a Republican politician and the opinion was so devastating that DOJ did not even attempt to retry the case. It was just dropped. If this is not a political prosecution, if Merrick Garland wasn't just trying to get Trump, then why was Jack Smith the pick? Like the timing, the decision reeks of politics. Incidentally, a Gateway Pundit reports that Trump's legal team is preparing to file a motion to dismiss Jack Smith's case, citing prosecutorial misconduct. So we'll see how that plays out. And just to finish on a lighter note, you really must watch Tucker Carlson's fourth Twitter um, show because it relates to the Chiron that was shown on Fox News. Uh, They showed uh, two shots, one of um, Biden making a speech and one of of Trump at his Bedminster um, appearance. And underneath it says, uh, refers to Biden as a wannabe dictator. Now, I don't have time to go into all of this, so do go and find that. Uh, Daily Mail reports Tucker Carlson ridicules his former Fox News bosses for apologizing for the Biden wannabe dictator Chiron and insists the president is dictatorial, likening his family to Saddam Hussein's and his illness to Kim Il-sung. Carlson used the fourth episode of Tucker on Twitter to discuss Fox's decision to refer to Joe Biden as a wannabe dictator. 
Following Trump's indictment, Carlson mocked his former employer for their apology for referring to Biden as a wannabe dictator and insisted that Biden was in fact dictatorial. The former Fox News star compared Biden to Saddam Hussein with his murderous relatives and Kim Il-sung with his baseball-sized neck tumour. Carlson mockingly listed the ways Biden could not possibly be a dictator, referencing government surveillance on phones and bank accounts and a crackdown on peaceful protest like the January 6th riot. The main reason that Joe Biden is not a wannabe dictator is because he just does not fit the profile as a man, said Carlson. Dictators have that look. You know one when you see one. Dictators build cults of personality around themselves and they use those cults to deny the glaringly obvious. Carlson then likened Biden to North Korea's dictator Kim Il-sung, the grandfather of the current ruler, Kim, who ruled from 1948 until his death aged 82 in 1994, had a baseball-sized growth on the back of his neck, which state media was ordered to hide. Thankfully, nothing like that is happening in our country or ever will, said Carlson. If Joe Biden ever developed some profound physical or mental condition that was evident to everybody, journalists would say something. This is not North Korea. We don't have state media here. If Joe Biden was, say, incapable of completing a full sentence or mistook his sister for his wife or suddenly started falling down in public for no reason, the New York Times would report on that and get to the bottom of what was actually happening. That would be a duty in a free country like ours. It's not like they would cover it up. Carlson moved on to comparing Biden to Iraq's dictator Saddam Hussein. If Joe Biden was a wannabe dictator, he'd have the family to match. All dictators do, said Carlson. Saddam Hussein had Uday and Kusay. They were princelings who lived above the law, indulging their most decadent fantasies with total confidence they would never be held accountable by the police. As sons of a dictator, they could do exactly what they wanted. There's no one like that around Joe Biden. Carlson then showed a photo of Hunter Biden, the president's troubled 52-year-old son, who has admitted to years of drug addiction and destructive behaviour and is now being investigated for tax fraud and lying on a gun permit application. He doesn't have weird sex scandals at the heart of his family that no one in the media will ever talk about, said Carlson. And so it goes on. I don't have time to cover the rest of this, but the whole sarcasm about what's been going on with Biden and the family just completely (laughs) confirms the fact that Biden is perhaps more than a wannabe, but an actual dictator or trying to be. Of course, we know that it's not the real Biden, but it was brilliantly done. So that's all I have time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, As I said earlier, uh, to contradict some of what Forbidden Knowledge TV was saying, I do believe Everything is moving along in a very positive direction. So just hold that thought. So I hope you'll join me next week for another Cosmic Creating show. I'd like to thank Nancy for producing and also Derek Condit as sponsor of Cosmic Reality Radio, without which none of this would be possible. Go and visit his website, mysticalwares.com, where he has an incredible range of Shungite products and other metaphysical 
goodies. So until next time, stay well, be safe and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you.